0: Hear the world
1: calling, but some don't
0: We're only trying to drag
1: you back into prison. That's right. Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. We were gonna call this episode You Once Had What Have You. <laughs> <laughs> but we just deleted our last episode on accident somehow in transit
0: i'd like to blame someone else because we recorded a whole the only thing only person
1: who can take the blame is becca whose yeah, phone
0: recorded it but it I doesn't like, matter i'd like to shift
1: blame somehow i actually thought it was a great dud last time and i was like well whatever but the lord didn't want us to be duds <laughs> maybe maybe so i'm
0: wondering how peppy are you feeling today? not super pep no yeah. but it's all right neither of us have coffee either so and could, it's cold it's real cold and last time, I think you heard from us, there were strange noises afoot in my heater. Those noises got worse, worse, and double worse, and now the heater is broken all together. It's scheduled for an appointment, but we're shivering here. <laughs> the noises
1: you hear are our teeth Our chattering. teeth chattering in the wind.
0: That's how it feels, <laughs> basically. So, what have you been up to, Becca? Well, we just got through another soup night. And actually, one of the things that got deleted in, oh. in the last one was the fact that, okay, guys, <laughs> I already told this story. This is the most, this is like, this is the
1: definition of humble soup. <laughs> <laughs> It was humble soup night because because we already were laughing about the category of recipes oh, that are man. that we have in our life just to keep us humble. Yeah, and oh. and then Becca had a humble soup that humbled squared. her further. Yeah, humble soup <laughs> squared, <laughs> squared <laughs> night. So I humble devil dog. <laughs>
0: so okay, so humble. No one Here's ate it. What we did, guys, was... <laughs> last week—not last night, but last week. <laughs> I was actually ahead of the game. I was, I, I was ahead of the game, and I was running. Question like is, which game was she ahead all of? All the games. I was nailing it everywhere <laughs> until I didn't. So, I um, Ben was out of town. I was trying to to pull off soup night alone, which is fine. You know, like it's it's not like he comes home and makes the bread anyway. It was fine, um, but I was doing too many other things. I was. I yes, I told Rachel I tried to get a home run out of a double. (laughs) And then I I got out at third. (laughs) Or home. I think I I got out at home. You think it was at home? Yeah, because because what happened was When she
1: got out was when the Velveeta burned on the bottom of the pan. Well,
0: so bad because (laughs) because I hate to even say out loud that I used Velveeta anyway. (laughs) This is why it's the devil dog humble suit. Yeah, so what happened was I was doing too many errands. I was trying to get Christmas party invitations out. Everything had gone wrong. I had double booked the party on top of the Christmas program. I had to reprint the invitations. I was in a hurry to get those out. It was then I had printed four too few. And I had to go back to Kinko's. And it was just... It was a thing. And I felt like... I can, I can get this all done. And I had thrown the bread in the oven. I had the soup mostly there. I had to run Judah to his basketball game. And then I decided to run back past Kinko's because I thought I had enough time. And I was doing a soup recipe that I can't quite reconcile it with my conscience anyway. But... It's everybody. not her conscience; it's her ego. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but her everybody conscience loves knows it. the yeah.
1: Velveeta in soup that makes yeah. it everyone's favorite. But it is—it yeah. is, it is one of it's... those recipes that I have to say I don't make it because, but not because of the Velveeta. I just don't make it because I actually. Don't care for it, but I know that it is the soup. It is the one that if you make it, the world wants the recipe. Yeah, they do. And then you have to do the Velveeta reveal anyways. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) so it's hard because because let's take it into account. You cannot get a smooth
0: cheese out of a sharp cheddar. No. You cannot. And the one benefit of Velveeta is its smoothness. Well, and you know what we noticed in our stint in England? Um, When you sort of get out of your homeland, and you, you take a <laughs> glance back. I realized that actually, America, at large, we treasure a good, smooth, melted cheese. Yeah. Where it's sort of like we want. We it, believe in. We that. believe in melted cheese on nachos, on burgers, on pizza. We just like it to be a nice, smooth, melted cheese, which is why I think American cheese got invented is because it's a, it's a yeah, smooth maybe. melt, mm-hmm. and. Anyway, yeah, it just... I think that that is a a piece of our... It's really its key property. Our our national DNA. We approve of it. But I have to say, we don't...
1: Nobody does the Velveeta on a pizza.
0: No, but mozzarella melts smooth. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying... We yeah. It's not an artificial I, No, I'm not cheese. saying yeah. only Velveeta melts I me. just I'm wanted just saying, you all to
1: know that I'm in just Idaho, saying, we don't put Velveeta on our pizza. It's not no, like... <laughs> no, no, heavens. <laughs> and heavens. also, there are Americans among us who can't do a pump of cheese, but... We, I... I'm one but, of those
0: Americans. Me too, However, but we abide alongside in friendly relationship I, with
1: those who no, do. No, I just
0: mean as a nation, we eat a lot of melted cheese on things, and so... It is, a, it is a piece because of Jack our... Jack cheese, too, on American Mexi food. Jack yeah. mozzarella. Yeah. We do
1: do a lot of that. We yeah.
0: do. It's like... And, and I think that we tend to prioritize it. It's like, look at our... How, how much box mac do people in this country eat? Mm. You know? So, anyway. All to say. Back to my problems. I'll tell you more of my problems. Even
1: like an Alfredo. If you ran into a gritty cheese in there, you'd be like... No. You you'd missed. be like, what is that? You failed.
0: Yeah. It wouldn't be you good. You lost your... Anyway. Mm-hmm. So all to say I had gotten my big pot of soup there I had left my girls I said here throw the cheese in stir it up oh but this this recipe most of the time for soup night I am starting with fresh ingredients of some sort I use canned chicken broth I use like canned crushed tomatoes I just like to insert when she said she uses canned chicken broth
1: I just want you all to hear me say slacker
0: yeah, Rachel looks I down, use, down I upon use me
1: better than out. <laughs> <laughs> I am not using home-crafted no. broths. I will tell you, I do like a good homemade broth, but this this idea yeah. people have of storing up your stock for future use mm-hmm. is that's if you I don't, cook don't for understand two your people. life. Yeah, no. like how do you because I cook a whole turkey for stock and it barely squeaks yeah. us through yeah, the no. current
0: recipe. But the thing is, is that I. Most of the time, I'm starting with fresh veg and stuff. Sometimes I, I cut corners occasionally and I do buy a bag of is... frozen chopped onions. I do do on soup nights sometimes to cut out the, the chopping time. However, this particular soup is one that is, it's a it's like cans of cream of chicken soup in there and Velveeta cheese. So put it all together and you have yourself a soup I'm not proud of, but yeah. people like it and it's great. So anyway, I, and and it was only the second time I'd ever made it and I um, left the girls and I said, here, throw this in and, and stir it till it melts. And then I dashed out the door again, having left insufficient instructions because yeah. I just said, throw the cheese in and stir it till it melts. I also left the burner on too high. And so we have a, a, this pot holds, well, last time we talked about this, I think it's six gallons ish of soup. That guy said 10. I said 10. I last said. Week. Nuh-uh. Yeah. But nope. I, it's because She's I right. believe
1: it. that'd be like a full-size garbage can. It would. It would yeah. be like an oil drum. Yeah. It'd be better to not have that big of a pot <laughs> However, of soup. However,
0: <laughs> I think six is How actually. How much Velveeta would you need for that bigger much soup? <laughs> I think it's bigger than a five-gallon bucket. So anyway, um, it's about as tall and it's definitely slightly wider. So I'm going to go with six-ish. You, want, Rachel's giving me a squinty face. I'm I gonna am, go home and I'm gonna measure it. I think you should. Yeah. You anyway, should. I, I might have to come back and, and apologize for my <laughs> fish story. However, I think we're talking. My soup six. pot is twelve <laughs> gallons. How big is your soup pot? <laughs> I think it was. It was really full. Like I had overestimated. Yeah. yeah sure. uh, how many times to multiply? So the how are they gonna th-
1: stir to the bottom of that
0: anyway? Well, yeah, exactly. And I had without it without putting high. your
1: whole hand in the soup. Well, I come
0: zooming <laughs> home from. Kinko's feeling like I am doing it boy did I, I score am, one for I the team I am sliding into home plate it's going to be just great I walk in the front door I was on the <laughs> other li- I was on the phone and Belle had been trying to call me but I was like a block from home so I didn't answer you know like I was just like, I I'll be there my, in a second yeah, I'll be there in a second I'll talk to her I pull up and I open the front door to be hit with a smell of burn a wall of steak that is like <laughs> Unbelievable. Acrid. Unbelievable. And so, Belle is like, Mom, this is why I was trying to call you. Because she had put in the cheese and stirred it. And then she'd gone off to do something else. And... Scorched city. Scorched it hard. And the humble soup humbled. Wow, bad. And you take a a (laughs) bite of it and it had permeated throughout. It wasn't like... It didn't look burned. But it was truly evil tasting <laughs> and so nothing can be done and people are showing up in like 20 minutes and you're like okay 50... will we even be able to get the aroma out no that no time? not even I mean I just set the whole pot of soup on the back porch and shut the door this is because... our time to check is it still there Oh, no. I got Shoo. washed out, yeah. No, I didn't leave it there. Well, I mean, I did leave it there too yeah. long. But I thought you had to go on a trip not, right then, so I yeah. was wondering if it
1: lasted through your trip. I, yeah, it, it did. <laughs> the burned soup briquette, did yeah. it
0: freeze? D- uh, no, but Dottie didn't even try it. It was like... it was <laughs> <laughs> When the dogs and squirrels leave it alone, you know you've done right. And
1: so... This is time for me to mention. I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but I find the humanness of it so precious that in some old Viking settlement, they found, (laughs) they found a clay pot that had burned cheese on the bottom of it in the dump. Like it got thrown in the garbage heap with burned cheese still stuck on the bottom. It might have been Velveeta. Hundreds of
0: years later, the uh burned cheese lingers. It's hard to get it out. And the thing is, is, uh, I had... I didn't know how many freshmen coming, but it could be 50. Like, potentially 50 people showing up for dinner. And I had bread and honey butter and drinks. And that and, was what and I had. And sparkling conversation and, nothing, and a bad smell in the nothing air. Nothing like having... And I had a, a son's basketball game to go to. So, I threw the soup onto the back porch and then... Well, you know, I set it on the back porch. And then I thought for a moment and I <laughs> called Rachel who did not pick up because <laughs> I didn't know it was so, an hour of because I was gonna say like what do you do when you got 50 people coming for dinner and you got no dinner and but, you got a bag of frozen peas so what I did was I quickly called the pizza place and I asked them to help me out with a lot of pizzas in short <laughs> order and then I left and I told all the students on my way out like sorry guys entertain yourselves with honey butter and bread. And it was a weird dinner. It was like, have some bread and honey butter and then... Stoke up on your carbs. And then chase it down <laughs> with some pizza. So, I uh, I ran. I watched a quarter of the basketball game until the pizza was ready. And then I ran and got the pizza and took it home. And it was totally weird. And I don't even know that many of the students knew why. I You know, because they come yeah. at sort of different times. And I sort of told some people. And it was like, anyways, guys, here's have a weird fun. dinner. Hang tight. So, I... um. I did that and I thought well I've never had the emergency you've got to order pizza when you were planning an yeah. event. But I did it now. I've been there. I've done it and no, nobody was any the worse for wear. So
1: every once in a while in hospitality there comes a true crisis that <laughs> there's really no way around. <laughs> One of my winners that I did not once but two times, <laughs> twice, where mom asked me to bring rice to Sabbath. Yeah. And I was, like, making dessert and something else. So, typically, mm-hmm. I was, like, doing stuff. And rice is the thing that you leave for the last minute, and
0: it takes no thought. Like, yeah. you, you know, you don't need to be, like... But it's, like, 40 cups of rice or something huge that you would have to do, right? Or cooked cups is yeah, what you're cooked cups, about. Yeah, cooked like cups. Yeah, it was a lot of rice, but it was still...
1: I have a big rice cooker, a bit, and yeah. so it, that, it's not, like... A complicated endeavor right. to make the rice I just right. but two times I didn't remember that I was supposed to bring the rice until we got <laughs> in the car to leave and I'm like bringing the starch main body of the dinner like we're having curry or something and I yeah. just decided to not do it and so both times we called Panda Express and but you know however much you pay for like 12 gallons of white rice (laughs) as opposed to if you just made the dang cheapest food in the world by yourself but no
0: (laughs) twice twice we had to go hit panda express on our way well and you know the pizza event it's it's a low pressure crowd because they're all really enthusiastic college kids they're fine with pizza it's fine you know Yeah, yeah yeah they were fine but you do feel like a bit people, of a cheeser as a hostess. People usually
1: are fine.
0: Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. The hospitality Actually, is a weird compulsion to think people aren't going yeah, like, oh, to be fine. Yeah, a number of the students were like, oh, you should have served it to us. It would have been fine. I was like, no, it wasn't fine. Like, You it don't was, know it how not real, fine that was. real, yeah. real bad. Anyway, so that Real bad. We got through another soup night last night, and I'm, I'm proud to say that there was, in fact, soup at the soup night. And, um so i felt like it was kind of a redemption soup we yeah had humble soup and then redemption soup so yeah. redemption from your humility yeah well yeah. it was those, fine you just it's the times where you thank the lord for pizza. i've said this pizza before men probably men on here but those whatever those
1: um re is it razors? Reezer, razors? the frozen dinner rolls Is it... isn't it like roads Rhodes. why am i saying razors what's that
0: <laughs> isn't that those chocolate caramel things
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> are you thinking of Rolos? No, Reasons or something like I that? I don't know what I'm thinking of. Rhodes dinner rolls. Those are the ones that if ever you make a Rhodes dinner roll, people will ask you for the recipe. <laughs> There's and, and it's especially good when you do it in a, in a time of crisis. I remember hearing a story of a woman who, like, would make her own spaghetti sauce to great lengths and pains. Yeah. According yeah, to the family traditions. Yeah. And... She would do that and found it to be a real investment of self. Yeah. And then one time broke down in humility and bought Prego or something. Yeah. And that her husband just wouldn't stop raving (laughs) about her, how much better her sauce was. (laughs) And she started crying at the dinner table because he's like, I just want to say that this is the best sauce you've ever made. It's unbelievable. And she's like, ah, because she apparently had that kind of a day where you decide what the heck, I'll buy a jar. Yeah. yeah. But I, we had some nieces and nephews who went on a strike against spaghetti, like where they were like, couldn't handle a spaghetti for a while. And I remember we were talking about it. It's like, I don't know what happened because they used to really like it. And I was like, well, are you buying fancier spaghetti sauces? And lo, they had moved up into the sauces that parents enjoy more. Artisanal sauces? And they tried going back to Prego or something. And the kids, the love renewed. (laughs) (laughs) The kids were like, we love spaghetti! (laughs) My kids love spaghetti. Spaghetti is like Even though you can make really good sauces and homemade pasta and all Mm -hmm. that, the real main point of having spaghetti in the routine for me is that it takes approximately no preparations and you can have a hot filling meal Mm
0: -hmm. that everyone likes in approximately no time yeah exactly if you just you can always have noodles in the pantry and you can always have hamburger in the freezer and you can always always have a jar of prego prego. and and we've started buying the shaky cheese just for such times just
1: because it's because we're already eating prego yeah because it's like a flashback to my own childhood Mm. where you have a shaky parmesan on hand i like that our theme today appears to be (laughs) well cheap cheese If I had said, Becca, let's get together and podcast about cheap cheese, cheap we would have been, been hard. But turns out we have a lot of subject how about, matter. How about
0: humility and cheap cheese?
1: Cheap cheese and cheap... Humble pie. Uh, how about cheap cheese and humble pie? <laughs> but on the other hand, sometimes we eat nice cheese.
0: Indeed. <laughs> we appreciate just, nice just cheese. Just trust us on that, guys. Trust us. We I sometimes just, eat good I cheese. I just think that, like, there's something... About the foods that, if you think about like kind of our national favorite foods, yeah, you know, burgers and um pizza, and you know, like just you think like the most basic things, <laughs> they do have a, a smooth melt of yeah, the cheese I have on to, them. I have to bring
1: this up just because you're reminding me of it. So, back in my olden days when I was into cooking in a different way that I'm into cooking now. Mm-hmm. Back when I, I know I've mentioned this before, but I remember tearing out a recipe for little lemon soufflés that are cooked <laughs> in the Meyer lemon rind.
0: <laughs> you should do it this year for it was, Christmas. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was very beautiful. <laughs> it was a little beautiful lemon with, with the cut top lying beside it with the course. fresh lemon stem. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it made like three lemon souffles (laughs) and it only had you know whatever 75 steps there (laughs) and and you have to serve it immediately of course you You know it's a souffle so Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. touchy It's finicky. You Mm -hmm. have to do it at the last minute. But that was, those were the recipes that sang to me. The ones that I'd be like, yes, yes, this looks practical. And then I can remember things that we did. And some of them are, it's not that I won't repeat them or I would never do this. But I remember one time for a shower that we made a bazillion orange bowls. Like oh. really thin sliced oranges and lemons okay. and limes. Okay. Like simmered in sugar water and then frozen into frozen bowls. Whoa. That you would serve something else in there. Whatever. Gosh. What Gosh. I'm saying is not like no prep involved. Right. It was things that took more shenanigans than yeah. really makes a sense. A little more elegant. And when I was asked to do things like bring a carrot cake somewhere, I would be like, but carrot cake is so rectangular. Passé. It's so rectangular.
0: <laughs> it's so just sort of... It's like I can't do an interesting I'm installation. i I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: I'm... <laughs> I'm not sure that you really meant to ask me to do uh, something so very drab now I have to say I have to say just to round this discussion out. it's not that I was a world class pastry chef. it was that what intrigued me was that it was not oh, yeah it was not that everything I was making was stunning. It's mm. that I wanted everything I was making to be well, stunning i
0: i when I had to do carrot cakes of your well I still do this because now I'm just in the habit uh oh uh um, oh truth <laughs> comes out is I wouldn't ever do a rectangular carrot cake I would make layers and I would frost it like that so that it at least had a little more something right. going on than I, just I myself, slab
1: cake I myself chose the direction of using a rectangular cake, but cutting it, trimming it into a double high rectangular cake, mm. frosting it, and making some kind of a wrapping of candied carrot peels. <laughs> I remember <laughs> like, that. Like, oh, I remember a that. A bow or a ribbon of candied carrot peels. Why, though, guys? Why? Because when people ask you to make a carrot cake, that's not what they needed. One I'm time, not, one time I did
0: like teeny little round tall carrot cakes, <laughs> but I didn't do a muffin tin because I didn't want it to be a traditional cupcake It can't shape. look like a cupcake. So I cut them and I stacked mm. them and then frosted them like that and then did little marzipan uh, like a little carrot top and little yeah. green carrot anything, marzipan anything stems Anything to coming avoid out a 9 by 13 It looked like a small <laughs> carrot was growing in the top of This, it. Is, this is why you can... <laughs> this is why you can see the work of the lord in our lives this is why i'm a little ashamed of my velveta soup this is also why the lord the lord seems to have said to me so
1: you think that's neat do you <laughs> try feeding nine people three times a day and see how cute you are about it in a little while <laughs>
0: Instead of your once a year pie but fling that I was I having. The way God works in our lives, I suspect that we'll have to come back around. We'll have no, to, totally, we'll have to already get have over to do, our practical already, side. Yeah, I'm sure, but I
1: have like, I've, I've turned into the person. This is why it was such a humbling thing for me when I had a bad attitude, the same attitude actually that I have a, had about rectangular carrot cake. Mm-hmm. I had about, <laughs> I had about Texas sheet cakes. But it was a little worse because at least I enjoyed... The taste of a good carrot cake, right? But a sheet cake, I had had zero affection for a Texas sheet cake, and I and I understand now that there are lots of good ones. My exposure had been yeah. limited, and yeah. I judged, I judged. Yeah. And if you have a rumply pan and you're doing a thin cake, the likelihood of over baking it oh, and yeah. drying it is high, and that no amount of quick icing no. recovers you from that. No. So I did not like Texas sheet cake, but for some reason. The Lord brought me to such a point when I thought I should just be man enough to make a rectangular cake. (laughs) This is is now many years ago, but I bought a rectangular cake pan, not a nine by 13, but like I use a lot of these cake pans in baking for crowds because I get a bigger size and it will fit a bigger lasagna. Like it's probably like a 13 by 15 or something, you know, it's one of those. And so I had seen in the cooking light, like, our best recipes ever, there was a Texas Sheet Cake That actually looked good to me. Like, like when I saw the picture, Mm -hmm. I was like, "That actually looks like a flavorful cake." Sure. Like it didn't look like the things I fear most about a Texas sheet cake. (laughs) And somehow Texas sheet cakes, maybe do they always flour the pan? Because I think typically you can taste a real layer of the flour on the bottom. Seems like it, and it also seems like it comes off in sedimentary layers. Yeah, it turns kind of gray, like the chocolate, whatever. The point is, I thought, you know what I should do. I'll be man enough to do this. And I made the Texas sheet cake. And this is how the Lord gave me the signals on the road. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever been... I mean, it's probably everyone's favorite thing I ever make.
0: Everybody loves it. Sheet cake. My kids but request the kids it now for, for, their, for birthdays. their birthdays. Like,
1: yeah. I make this sheet cake, and the whole world is like Lizzie's Texas sheet cake. Yeah. That's, like, it's actually probably got my name attached yeah. to it. Yeah. And the thing is, is that's because the Lord... Wanted to permanently affix my name to a Texas sheet cake, <laughs> and he wanted me to know that that was good. Like, yep. that was yep. like, you know what? Actually, it's better to make a rectangular, boring cake with rumply frosting that all the kids <laughs> cheer when they see you coming in with it, yeah. than than coming in with your yeah tidbits of marzipan. Yeah, yeah, like you're something that's like, look yeah. at this. Aren't you impressed, kids? And they're like, no, I. I prefer the work you did with a slab and a spatula. <laughs> You're like,
0: I know, no. right? And of course, right. it's not always an either or. You can also make good food that the people love. You know, that also looks but, but pretty, no, my my sheet cake looks now pretty. I stand by it. it. It sometimes it's pretty. No, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's not like you have to have <clears throat> ugly. Also, food or also, this particular sheet cake is boss levels of delicious with
1: toasted pecans on top of it oh really but boy does that let the kids down if you, if you put oh, a toasted yeah. pecan yeah, it upon does. it
0: they're all like um we I had have, a
1: perfectly good thing going." i have a
0: hot tip right now right in the midst break in and There's sure, a, it. this is the only reason i'm i mean i'm going to say it now because i won't remember okay the toasted pecans is how i got here in my mind okay uh if you need a uh flashbang dessert that takes no time or effort. Um for adults. Not don't serve it to the kids. Uh Drambuie. Mm-hmm. The that liquor that is strangely It's like um a, so sweet. It's sweet very it's honey. It's got a honey it's thing. Very going. Honey, honey. But if you have Drambuie, um I wouldn't necessarily go buy a bottle for this, you know. You could get one of those <laughs> little tester sized ones, but uh, vanilla ice cream, put some drambouille over the top, mm, and to- no toasted slivered almonds, like mm. the slivered ones. Toast it and then pour them hot over the ice cream and drambouille, and it kind of like sizzles and is incredible. Like it really I can't is. Believe a, that it's a really mom good makes melt. some kind of a.
1: There's some kind of a gingerbread that then she pokes all over and pours drambouille on it, and that can be just appallingly wow.
0: good. I don't know if I've had that. It's really good. But anyway, that's my, my inter-segment tip right okay. there. Okay. A tip. Um, a yeah, tip but, for the end at the middle. Yeah, exactly. But I just think, yeah, I, I feel like I've had to get over myself on a number of Oh yeah, on because number of getting
1: over ourselves is like that's like the meaning of sanctification. sanctification. Like yeah. continue to get over yourself. Get over all yourself the ways. All the way to heaven. Yeah, which I already false alarmed you all about my book coming out, but it is actually (laughs) happening, and believe it or not, actually is. That's awesome. I know. So just wanted to tell you, in spite of the fact you can. I think it's official release on Amazon is not until January first, but Canon
0: is sending them by Christmas if you order through Canon. Um. Your thing, though, about tearing out your recipe of the little lemon souffles yeah. made me remember that sometime when I was probably 13, mm-hmm. I was copying down recipes while we were staying at Granddad and Grandma's house mm-hmm. over Thanksgiving or something. Mm-hmm. I was, like, looking at Getting the, a jump start. I think, oh, no, it must have been at Christmas because I think somebody gave me recipe cards for Christmas and I was oh, like, yeah. well, get okay, I yeah. better fill them out, you know? And so I started looking through her like Victoria magazines mm-hmm, or some such mm-hmm. thing. Oh, and I began to, I began to copy down recipes. You, gave, I me a big, like you gave me be... a big flashback
1: of us trying to make violet jelly out of, uh, man, out of Victoria. I'll go ahead though and finish. Yeah. This.
0: Cause I have a thing about that. But anyway, I, um, I was, I was writing them down, you know, the stuff that I felt like when I'm, when I'm grown someday, I'm going to need this, I'm going to need this thing. And I still have those recipe (laughs) cards in my recipe box. And I thought of this the other day because I totally died when I was, I was looking through for something and I found one of those old ones from my 13 year old stint. And it was for some kind of hot rum punch (laughs) that you serve flaming in a... (laughs) In, in, like, a big punch bowl,
1: and I was and like, you're like, practical, practical. I better need, I, I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna probably. need, to, I'm gonna need to get this laid away I think for this. it the had future. like
0: a really beautiful Christmas photo, of oh, this, yeah, well, a flaming you know, bowl of punch. Yeah, I say like, no, and, but I just thought of that the other day, and I was like, I actually should go back and look at that because yeah, it, it, it yeah. might actually turn out so that my 13 year old f- self was onto something with that one.
1: I, when I was. A child? No, not when I was a child. Recently, I was given some of the. I was given. I was (laughs) when I was a child. No, just now. (laughs) I was actually joking about you. I wasn't saying when I was a child. Whatever. I got some of Grandma's recipe cards, like the random divvy of the random box after she passed away, and a lot of them are things that I'm not sure they ever did or I ever that anyone wants. Like lots of them, and I threw away the ones that were irrelevant. Like. This matters not to anyone. But I saved the ones that I thought I might eventually make. And one of them is written, I wonder if it was from her mom, maybe. So our great-grandma. But it is written on a hotel stationery. And it is a hotel that advertises itself as being fireproof. still like, it's like the hotel is still saying (laughs) that it's... Like, wow. not a death trap for fire is kind of what it's saying on the hotel station. On that, like, it was did cutting edge, it? like, it was a cutting edge, non fire laden hotel. <laughs> did, did you Google it and find out no, if it's still there? No, but the awesome thing is it's really close to my potato roll recipe. Oh. It's like almost the same one, except huh. for it's called refrigerator rolls, and you it includes a time where you throw them in the fridge for as long as you need them in the fridge. I haven't done it yet, but. Because huh. I'm always making too big of batches of rolls, so oh, I don't kind of need an interlude. Thing. Like, well, you have to have quite a lot of fridge to put that yeah, much roll in the fridge yeah, for a do. minute, so I don't do that.
0: But that is funny, though. But I was like, wow, I feel like you should check that hotel and I discover should. if it burned or not. But a quick, not. a quick fireproof it hotel. It sounds a little bit like the Titanic. To it me. wasn't, but it wasn't
1: because I think it was that, it was in that era where you know there was that time when fire fires were the main problem sure, yeah. happening and then before they had any kind of like sprinkler systems sure, or yeah. like you know mm-hmm. when it was just much more likely that mm-hmm. the hotel would go up in flames probably when they were all smoking in yeah bedrooms. Smoked, and using oil lamps <laughs> maybe they weren't at that time but yeah but I mean there's there's that yeah. kind of thing it's like much more likely yeah exactly. anyways I need to make that sometime and I also have a few recipes in my box that um like, one that
0: Lena wrote when she was, like, four or something for chicken on the bone. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> her favorite um, favorite meal. No, the violet jelly, though. I remember we had a bunch of violets <coughs> that would grow in our side yard, and there was this recipe for violet jelly, and it's such a beautiful color. Like, it is an incredibly beautiful color. Mm-hmm. But we would go I'm, out and... Unbecomingly oh. soap-like in flavor. Well, it's because we would... Um, we would go out and pick all those violets. But we never had enough for the full recipe. At least my, I've tried it several times. Like in my life. And you would pick and pick and pick and pick and pick violets. <laughs> and not have enough. And so. And it involves like violets and lime and sugar and gelatin yeah. I think. Yeah. And uh, so we would try to have the recipe. And, yeah, you and can't, do, you can't like do that half of the gelatin packet. <laughs> and it would come out like just violet blobs. syrup. But it would just be like little blobs of... But it really is a stunningly pretty color. but And yeah, I would the kind flavor, of like to go back to the it. The
1: flavor is unfortunately really? soap-like. I
0: only remember it not setting up right. I remember it as a possibly good idea if it had set up. I could think in context it could be good somewhere. Maybe on one of your little lemon soufflés. Ooh. A Ooh. dollop of jelly. I, this
1: was an era... I tell people... This is the era that makes me feel really old. Because... You have when well, you tell kids, you're like, Well, it was before the internet, right? Right, and you're like, That's an amazing thing that we were humans before the internet. But I w- but yeah. the funny part was when like a Martha Stewart article would come by about how to care for your marble countertops, you, you thought, yeah. What if I end up with someone I don't know how I don't. to care for? I I better don't tear that to out, know. yeah, better tear that out and save it, better. Yeah. Better <clears> keep it
0: now. Get a binder and sheet protectors. That's what I had. A binder and I still yeah. have a binder and sheet protectors, mm-hmm. except for I use it for my other stuff. I found one of my old notebooks of sheet I, protectors. Uh, I ditched them. Was it funny? Was all the it, stuff in there? It was hilarious. a bit funny. Yeah, it was yeah. a bit uh, not. As I relevant. got rid of
1: stuff as I went. Like I don't know why that appealed to me ever. Mm-hmm. This is why I think we should all act on act on your ideas because. Like, if you have fabric that you really love, do something with it while you still love it. True. Because sometimes you're like, this fabric is so, so good. I love it so much. It's too precious to use. Yeah. And then you come back to it and you're like, what? Like, (laughs) this does nothing for me. So I think it's important to, like... Live in the moment with those things that you like. Like, when you think that an elaborately decorated sugar cookie looks really cool, do it. Make it now. Do it. And then later you can laugh at yourself for having done it instead of, Mm -hmm. instead of, like, my life is full of all these things I used to think would be cool to do, and I never did a dang one. Yeah. Now I'm old and jaded. Now I'm old and all I do is sneer at things (laughs) instead of saying, in my day. You know, like, you got to get in there and candy that, candy that, carrot peel yeah. so you can try to fashion a gift wrap out of it for your carrot cake <laughs> sort of basket
0: weave maybe yeah Ooh, over the top that would have been a good idea yeah i should have done that should have yeah, done it exactly so the holidays here are fast coming upon us and uh i feel and like we're all becoming spiritually unfit yeah, well i was gonna say once again we could have our our sort of um our holiday admonition to not be a think to everyone, oh man, but it <laughs> the reality is we that do that every other you'll week. We get so many chances. Oh, yeah, you will. You will. I have to say, I just was talking
1: with a friend about this because I and I think it's really funny. But she was saying, What do you say when someone says you're so amazing? I don't know how you do it all.
0: Okay, or start over. Like that. start over. So,
1: say someone says, A to friend you, asked
0: you about a, friend a friend was asking
1: me, What do you do when someone says I? You're so amazing. I can't believe how you get all this done. Or kind of like, I could never get all this done. It's... Yeah. It's a weird
0: conversation. Well, because there's two roads you can go by. But in the long run... I like to try to not go on either. Should I quote Led Zeppelin or no? I'll just keep moving past that. (laughs) However, um... Uh the point here is you can go the road of like, oh, no, no, no. I don't. I, I don't. don't.
1: Would you like me
0: to show you how there's, messy the coat closet is? Or you could say, well, I give, I all, am... I give all the glory to God for, <laughs> for my amazing behavior. <laughs> <laughs> and I was telling her... Neither one of those is very helpful I was telling her that
1: I don't actually go <laughs> for the question at all. And the no. reason that I don't is that when someone says... You're so amazing. I don't know how you do it all. What I'm hearing is not that. What I'm hearing is more that's the socially acceptable way of saying I don't want to do what you're doing at all. <laughs> do not you know, always. Not no, always. but oftentimes it is because because the subtext is every once in a while someone is like I love this, and I actually want to know the details of how do you do this. Yeah, sure. And in that case, a serious answer is deserved. Sure, With like, oh, well, the reality is it's not easy. And Mm -hmm. I never did have... It's not like I counted the cost of how much grace I was going to need to have a parish group or a soup night or something and said, yes, I can afford yeah, it. No. I have all this on hand. What we really do a lot of is this is like counter every kind of good financial move. We do a lot of committing to the Lord's good credit
0: where yeah. you're like, you yeah. know what?
1: If I feel like we're called to do this, we trust God to pay yep. the balance. Yep. And in his name, we say, yes, I'll do it. And yeah, we have lots of opportunities in the, in the course of your life. You have tons of opportunities uh, to need the Lord's grace for it in action. Which is why it's so weird to tell someone who's maybe at your house for a big event, no, this was actually a real spiritual struggle for me, but, but the Lord pulled through at the end. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't want to do mean, that. Like, that would be super weird. Can you pause it for a second? Let me
0: try and pause this, guys. We'll see pause, how we pause. do.
1: Anyways, What I'm saying is... It's not like you can tell your guests... Oh! Huge struggle. (laughs) Do you know how much I didn't want you to come today? (laughs) And not that you should. And not that... I'm not saying that because I feel that way all the time. I'm saying that the reality is... You don't get into things because you thought you were awesome enough to do it. And if you do... You are bound to failure. Yeah, you are. If you go into it thinking... I've got this handled because I'm on it. It is It is just going to be a fail. But if you're actually actively depending on the Lord and thinking, no, I think we're called to this. I think we can do this. You know, like, if you're doing that, then it's not really like you're going to... When someone says, you're so amazing, you really shouldn't be taking the credit for it. No. Because it's like, no, I'm not. But... Like, sometimes people say, well, I could never. I'm like, well, if you needed to, you could. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, if the Lord actually called you to be hospitable, you could
0: be hospitable. That's how it is. Like, Although, you, let's be frank, God did call you to be hospitable. That's one of the things in the Bible. He did, but I think I meant, it, they may be thinking,
1: it may be very different kinds oh, of hospitality. Completely so completely different, I meant, yeah. and But my point is just that typically when people say that, it is just a more acceptable way. Your people are saying wow, I don't want to do this kind of thing. Well,
0: I think that um, this actually sort of ties in with Christmas in a way here, but um, like what you're saying is basically often you have to step out in faith thinking, um, I don't know if we can afford this, but we're going to do it anyway and afford in the sense of the time, the grace energy, wise, the kind input, of like, the grace, the whatever it is, like we're yeah. just going to do it anyway and trust God. Um, but I think that... Um, Generosity in general should be that way. I think that often people are mm-hmm. incredibly stingy with um, what they're willing to give. Yeah. And
1: because they're like we can only give when we know we can fully afford it. Right. In all the ways. Right. And it shouldn't ever stretch and, us. And actually part of giving is that you shouldn't be able to afford it. And we're not talking strictly financially here. I'm not saying that. Right. But we do actually have like Like, often people will say, we could never have seven kids. Right. Because we could not have done that. We could not do that. And that always is so funny because it's very much like people saying, I couldn't do this. You know, whatever kind of thing that you're in the middle of doing. And the reality is just that we don't have seven kids because Luke and I sat down one time. With a spreadsheet. And we were like, look, we totally have the spiritual, mental... Capacity and financial. financial capacity to manage we think seven well, yeah. seven is the number that we can totally handle mm-hmm. and and up until that point of course we can handle it and after that we can no longer handle it right like that's not how we got there like you get there by relying on the Lord in what he calls you to do and if God gave us when God gave us a seventh
0: baby, we knew God could afford it. Yeah. Like, we're like, the Lord wouldn't have done this. Which is not to say that you should just act in great, um, reckless disregard of all of your resources all the time. I don't... It's it's not that. It's just... No, it's just a
1: major balance issue because I think people are way more inclined to... To count the cost beforehand, than yeah. we are to be too reckless on God's yes. supplying. Yes, because even the people that we would think, "Wow, that seemed reckless on God supplying," God is so very kind and generous, and He loves people who are depending on mm-hmm. Him, and that that mm-hmm. that that is a if you're going to get in a ditch one way or another recklessly depending on the Lord is full (laughs) of all the saints over there. Like that's where you are with a lot of missionaries with a lot of like, you know, like that's a bold faith place to be. And that's not
0: if it's sort of like I stepped out in faith and I bought my husband a Porsche for Christmas (laughs) because I knew he would like it. Well, there's a fundamental difference
1: between, between throwing yourself into building the kingdom of God and his work here trusting that he will provide for what he has mm-hmm. said he will provide. And for. I
0: think there's lots of places that applies because there's times when you have to say something like, okay, I'm convicted that I need to be a mother at home with the children. I don't know how we're going to afford that, but we think that it's obedient to God. So we're going to act in faith. We're going to trust, trust God him. to provide for us. Yeah. Or, uh, we are convinced that we actually should be providing the education for our children. Um, and we don't know how we're going to afford that, but we're going to step out in faith and we're going we're gonna, to do We're going
1: to trust God or, to make the ends meet in, yeah.
0: in a Christian education And it might children. be like, uh, we really think we need to invite these people over, you know, for dinner. Yeah. We're not really sure how we're going to make that work, but we think that we need to do it. And so we're going to trust God on it. You know, it's like yeah, big and totally. small things. Um, it's not like, I well, really felt like I needed this I wanna just. I want to just say so, that in our own
1: couples in our life we didn't ever have that moment about having a child we had the the clarity that God that God gives you of when you're pregnant you already know the answer right so yeah. like so that's different like I just wanted to clarify that there is a way that I think it's completely appropriate for a couple to feel like We have as many as we can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have no objection to that. My point is just that idea that you are counting your own, your own grace and provisions to do something when it's like acting like you have grace independent of God anyways, like or that you have spiritual understanding independent
0: of that relationship. I think what you're talking about is like... I think what we're saying is there's times when you feel like obedience is over there, but I can't afford it. So I'm going to have to stay here where I am. Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff where we're saying, no, go over there go. and trust God. Go to where you're supposed to be. Because right. if you know where obedience lies, go Do that it. direction, regardless of whether your little spreadsheet of your resources right. sort of looks like and it's going to line And
1: there's up. so much, I, Christians are quick to get on board with the ideas of like, um, of like Dave Ramsey type ideas. You know what I mean? Like be a good steward and God's wants you to mm-hmm. do this. But it's one of these things that I think Christians are, are way more inclined to sin in being uptight stewards of their finances as though their finances really belonged to them sure. in that way. Then they are likely to be so generous that that's the signature. Yeah. That's that John, um, Bunyan quote about there was a man some thought him mad the more he, he gave, gave, the more, more he had. had. <laughs> and and that's the thing is that God gives you gifts that you might give them. Like he provides you with things that you might share it, that you and that total trust that you're getting all of your blessings from God is what makes you generous. Yep. Like what makes you generous is this knowledge that what God is giving to me, He expects me to give to others. And not like you know, not like, God
0: like, gave it to me for me to hoard it. Right. And we know that's not true. And I feel like this is maybe a weird application of the verse. But you know the verse that says, don't prepare what you're going to say. Trust God for, yeah, the, for words. the words. I think that's kind of what we're saying is if you know that God has asked something of you, but you don't see how it's going to work, that's where you can step out in faith, knowing God will provide the means for but it God's to God's doing it yeah
1: and that and And that means that when you're doing what you're doing you are doing it it's very much everything about it is to the glory of god because you're like this was never about me stewarding my time in such a way that i was going to be amazing this is about god accomplishing something through our meager efforts right and that that's wonderful Mm -hmm. like we've been we're building a house as you know we're building a house right now and it's super exciting and I like love it and the whole process is really fun but a big part of what has been fun and exciting and wonderful about it has been seeing God making things happen because we know why we're asking for it like that we're asking for this thing because we want to use it and we Mm want to use it really hard Mm -hmm. and that God is providing like above and beyond what we were even asking for, which gives you at the same time as it's like, Oh my word, I'm so excited about this. Like, this is so fun. It gives you that feeling in your stomach that is also like, you just know why God is giving this to you. You know what I mean? Like I know he is giving it to us in an answer to our prayers. And also in a, like, we just know that this is for us to use Really, yeah. a lot, yeah, and that it's—it's it's it's just a, a wonderful thing because it's yeah. like it is not. I go up there and I'm like, oh my word! It's a big kitchen, it's a big dining room, it's a big hall. It's—it's it's just like a lot of aspects of this house are blowing me away. Mm-hmm. In like, oh my word, and the view, all of it, I love it. But at the same time, I know that God is giving that to us because we because of why we wanted it and because we've asked that what we are asking the Lord for is a home where we can provide for our children and their children like
0: in a, in a different way, like where we can be like, and I think you have to think of those things that God gives you as tools to use to build the kingdom instead of little bits of treasure to put in your own treasure house.
1: Yeah. Because, because I think, and I, we were laughing about this. The views are really beautiful from our house and I, we have big windows which I love and I told Luke, I was like I get the feeling that God just really wants us to keep our eyes on the big picture at this house like <laughs> <laughs> and I and it makes me laugh so hard because you all probably know and well you probably don't all know. I think I said it in loving the little years there was a time when the twins were nursing infants and the girl my other girls were like uh 3 and 2 and then the two nursing infants and it was winter So we were in this like little house cooped up all the time. And at that time, I really wanted to start smoking because, (laughs) because I think you have said this, before. I've said it, but I wanted to, because we would drive somewhere and I would see people out on their porch by themselves. That was the key (laughs) by themselves on a porch (laughs) smoking, you know, like, and it looked like, wow, I need to do that that looks so good. Like they're, they're sitting in the dark alone in a coat going (laughs) like, and I was like, yep, yep. That looks good. I didn't give in. I didn't give in and I didn't start smoking, but my, but, but we joke because the way we kind of messed with the layout of this house, there's a little porch kind of off of the kitchen, it's like a back hall yeah. there's a little porch and we've joked, like, that's the smoking porch. <laughs> when our children are there with our 37 grandchildren and the chaos is around us, we'll step out on the yep.
0: smoking porch yep. and take a little minute. We just need to have it be a hidden door. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where's grandma? That door locks from the outside. <laughs> A good idea.
1: <laughs> Grandma and Grandpa went out on fortune locked in door. they are having a minute <laughs> in the in the smoking porch. That's but funny. We laugh about this, but but the reality is we hope that at that house God equips us to do more and more of the things that have been hard for us already. Mm-hmm. Like we're saying, these are things that are challenging, this is sanctifying, and we have been asking the Lord to equip us in these I don't want to say trials because it's blessings at the same time, but in this work to equip us in this labor to do more and more of this kind of labor that will have bigger and bigger impacts. And, and that's what we see him doing for us, which is a really funny, it's a combination of, we see God providing for something that we know will be like, in many ways going through a spiritual wood chipper. (laughs) And I love it. I love it. Think that God is in no way done. Like he has things to push us on. He has things.
0: Each person has their own totally different path that they are on. And the tools God is giving you are completely different. Yeah. Because he's asking something different of each of us. Totally.
1: And Lena and I had a moment. Lena's my 14 year old the other day where we were laughing about having I don't know it's like we were tired and had headaches but we had a lot to do for getting ready for something and and I was laughing I said you know when we're in our beautiful new house we're going to feel just like this sometimes (laughs) she was like no no she's like it's going to be different though mom it will be different there and I was like it will be different but it will be just like this like it will be just like the spiritual work of dealing with all the coats and boots and things at the front door We'll yep. be doing the same thing there. Exactly. It'll be
0: amazing. Yep.
1: Anyways, that's that's <clears> your, <throat> your bulletin from what yeah. have you. So,
0: uh, I gave a tip. What's your tip? To be... Uh, generous. Generous. No, what I was going to say as
1: you approach your holiday foods, think of the things that get the people the most joy. Uh-huh. You know, like the things uh-huh. that are not about what makes you look like the best.
0: Yeah. executor of holidays, but the, but, oh, but, I thought knowing didn't. that sometimes because God works in every direction, sometimes what is going to give people the most joy is going to require you to exert yourself more than you really feel like.
1: Maybe, and but one of the other times, times, one it of the will things mean, I was so dial it down. you were not here the first Sabbath of Advent, but what we, what I did that was happy for me is I have this grievance against gingerbread houses yeah. and, and, um, partly just because I don't want to look at the dang things around okay, the house. so sure. I was really pleased because the twins wanted the Ninja Bread Boys again for their birthday and so when they did that I made a huge recipe of the gingerbread cookies. Okay. Um, and then I did a bunch of my cut in houses of different sizes okay. and some trees. And then I baked them and put them in the freezer. So they were all in the freezer in their okay. houses and things. And I made a bunch of little squares. I used a square cookie cutter or biscuit cutter or something little squares and i did a bunch of little squares and so then for sabbath i got them out and had the kids frost them all and we stood them up we used the little squares i made a thick icing to Mm -hmm. do the supports and we stood them all up on the cutting board like a little christmas village but it was dessert for that night so it was gone We did it, we saw (laughs) it, and we got rid of it all in one day. And I was like, that might be the best thing ever. Like, (laughs) nailed it. That's awesome. That was happy because I haven't been buying those gingerbread house kits because I don't like them. Okay. But Blair was one who was like, we never do gingerbread houses. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I let that lapse too many years Mm -hmm. such that she doesn't really recall having done that. Yeah. So we did it. Awesome. Awesome
0: yeah cool cool well everyone have fun with all of your mayhem and we will hopefully have another podcast next week talk to you next time bye i'm a 2009 graduate of new st andrews college and i'm a commercial property manager
1: three kids at logos one at home still and i do flowers on the side out of our house When you have these little people that you're responsible to shepherd, you realize I need to know what I'm talking about because they need to have a firm foundation and they need deep roots so that they don't get blown over and that they're ready to stand up for the truth.
0: I am a programmer. The language aspect of NSA is a fantastic preparation for any sort of programming. I am a real estate broker here in town. I think absolutely the perfect um, education for being in sales of, of really any kind. I actually put it to a lot of great use when I was working in the political realm. I am a pastor in Central Coast California. Whatever vocation you take, it'll make you take that seriously because you're seeing it through the lens of the sovereignty and lordship of Christ. To learn more, visit us online at
1: nsa.edu.